You are now listening to an awesome sermon from the St. Louis Dream Center. Grab a pen and some paper. You're in for a treat. How many of you all had the sex talk with your parents? Yeah, two, two people. That's about right. Because it's an uncomfortable conversation. You know, there was a story about this five-year-old kid. And his parents sat him down to tell him, hey, Johnny, you're about to have another sibling. And little Johnny looked at them and said, see, I knew you all shouldn't have been sharing toothbrushes. (laughs) Because in the mind of a five-year-old, the whole concept of sex is so... You know, he's so innocent, so ignorant, if you would. But I want to submit to you today that so are we. That for some of us, oh, yeah, we we know the gymnastics of it. We, We know what we've seen on TV. But for most of us, we don't understand the power of sex. Today's message is called Soul Tie or Soul Mate. And it's our ignorance of the power of sex that keeps us giving in to something that is really destroying us. I got a question for you. How many of you all pay for sex right now? Don't raise your hand. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) She said, oh, my God. It's not the pain that you think I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a prostitute or a gigolo. But I'm talking about right now you're paying for sex because of that child that you had before you finished college. Because of the amount of child support that you owe. Because of the children that you have that are not with a wife. Because of the amount of heartache that you've experienced over and over and over again, thinking that this relationship was the right relationship. Let me ask you, if it wasn't for sex, what car would you be driving? What house would you live in? What would you be doing? Because can I tell you, the child is a blessing from the Lord. And you never take away from that. But sometimes how our children get here doesn't feel like a blessing. Some of us right now are paying for sex every paycheck. Because it's not the relationship alone that jacked you up. It's not coming across him or her that jacked you up. It is the moment you lay down with them that jacked you so while you're mad at your ex whatever what about you the bible says in proverbs 26 and 2 as the sparrow by flying and the swallow by flying escape so the curse that is causeless shall not come It says, as the sparrow by flying and the swallow by flying escape, so the curse that is causeless shall not come. That scripture basically means that negative consequences don't happen on their own. 
that a lot of times, and we know that there is an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We understand that he is out to destroy us and keep us from our destiny. But, but can I tell you that if you really took a hard look at some of the things that you're walking through, the financial challenges that you have, the frustration that you have because you didn't get to finish school or didn't get to do that, you could trace it back to something that you did. And in the context of our conversation, I would submit that for you, it could have been sex. The kingdom of God is a culture. It is a belief system. It is a way of doing and being right. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And all these things will add, will be added unto you. So when I do things God's way, the blessings of God are added to me. But when I do things my way, the Bible says that it is, we, we call it the curse. And let's put it in 21st century vernacular, negative consequences, things that we didn't want to take place. When we operate outside the boundaries of kingdom principles, we draw into our lives what the enemy wants us to have and what we really don't want. I know you say you want love. I know you want companionship. But the way you're going about it continues to lead you to heartache and heartbreak and frustration. See, we, we, we love to judge the, the, the young lady who may have three or four kids out of wedlock without understanding her story. By different men, but we don't understand her story because there's something that she's looking for in every relationship. And in her mind, each relationship is the end. She's not looking to be with him and then be with the next guy. She's thinking that this is the last relationship. Guys are thinking that this is the last relationship. And what's wrong is because we're not operating in God's culture, we can sit in God's church and still have the world's negative consequences and yet we want to blame God when it happens God you could have stopped me nah I gave you a will from the beginning of time I gave you a will I gave you instructions, but you have a will to follow those instructions or not follow those instructions. And when you choose not to follow those instructions, don't get mad at me that it didn't work out the way you wanted to. So when we think about God's ways, God's ways lead us to blessings. Walking outside of God's ways lead us to the curse or negative consequences. Therefore, if I walk in God's ways in my money, he says that I could prosper. If I walk in God's ways in, in my, on my job, he says that I have the potential to be promoted. If I walk in God's ways in my relationships, I have the ability to have good relationships. So let's go to our text. I'm sitting down because I want to just take my time today. I want you to get lost in a yell or a scream or excitement. I want you to hear every word that I'm saying right now. And even if you're not a little, but that word is going in your spirit even while you're nodding. But if you see somebody nodding, give them a sharp elbow because they need to hear this. First Corinthians, this 
masterpiece that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. This this church mirrors like a modern day California with all of the different uh, things, all of the the riches. All you know, it was a it was a port city. So so this city had lots of riches and money. It also had lots of idolatry. And ways that they viewed sex and relationships with men and women. And so Paul is writing to this church in Corinth that, you know what? The crazy thing about this church is spiritual gifts. They were over the top. They had spiritual gifts. If you read through the epistles, they had spiritual gifts show up like no other church had shown up. Because you can be gifted in the spirit, but immature in your walk. Your giftedness doesn't mean that you've attained a heightened level of spirituality. No, when you get off the whatever, off whatever platform, how do you love people? How do you live outside of that? So Paul is addressing this church that has, I mean, in services, people are being healed, set free, delivered. People are speaking in tongues. This is crazy. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge popping off just like that. Yet he's addressing their division. They're arguing over who got baptized by who. I got baptized by Paul. I got baptized by Apollos. And they're sitting in the church watching the gifts of the spirit in operation, but they're all mad at each other because they're like trying to heighten their way of doing things. They also had this crazy. You got to read the Bible, man. This is like, this is like young and restless on 10 when you really read it. They had a son sleeping with his father's wife. Even the Corinthian church was like, oh, no, no, that's some crazy stuff. And they go to what church? (laughs) The son was sleeping with his father's wife. It doesn't say his mother, so it gives an understanding that there were blended families even back in Corinth. And Paul's writing this letter because he's addressing those issues. And when he gets into verse 6 in that first chapter, he's now answering questions because they, you know, they're in a, a, a society that is promiscuous and doing, you know, the, their, their whole way of sexual life has to do with idolatry. And so they're asking questions about, well, what do we do with sex and how do we handle sex? And he writes this in chapter 6, verse 13 through 19. He says, Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. And yet God will do away with both. The body isn't for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. God has raised the Lord. God has raised the Lord and will raise us through his power. And then he makes this statement. Don't you know that your bodies are part of Christ? Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is any sex. Any sex. I won't go into details. Anything that has sex attached to it. Sexting. Others. Yeah, I'm just going to stop there. Any type of sex that is not between a husband and a wife is called sexual immorality. He doesn't say sex between boyfriends and girlfriends qualify. 
It doesn't let sex between engaged people, meaning that qualifies. The qualifier is that you are in covenant with one another. That's the only place in the kingdom, in God's estimation of where sex should belong. So then, should I take the parts of Christ and make them a part of someone who is sleeping around? That's some craziness. Wow. Should I take this temple, this body, and make it a part of somebody who is sleeping around with anybody and everybody? He says, no way. Don't you know that anyone who is joined to someone who is sleeping around is one body with that person? So the first thing I want to drop with you is this. Your body is the temple of God. Your body is the temple of God. In the Old Testament, he used to dwell in buildings. He dwelled in tents. But he says, individually, every single one of us, we are God's house. And since we are God's house, he's living inside of us. So when you sleep with someone that you're not in covenant with, you are putting God's house in a violated state. Then the scripture says, the two will become one flesh. And the one who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with them. Then he says, avoid sexual immorality. Each sin that a person can do is committed outside of the body. Except those who engage in sexual immorality, they commit against their own bodies. So when you have sex outside of marriage, I'm going to drill that because I don't want you to walk out confused. It's not just because you love each other. It's not just because he proposed to you. It's not just because he's cute or just because he's nice. It's not just because he goes to church. At the moment he says, I do, or she says, I do, that's when you can have sex. And sex, if you don't know this, is not just physical, it's spiritual. When you have sex, it is a spiritual exchange between covenant partners, men and women. And when you have sex outside of marriage, there is a soulish exchange that takes place that is not under the covering of God's blessing, which means... (laughs) Any time you have sex outside of marriage, you are connecting with someone on a soulish level that is illegal in the mind of God. You can't say, God, please bless this relationship while you're having sex in the relationship. God, I'm begging you, don't let him go. That fix our relationship or, you know, don't let her go fix our relationship. No, it doesn't work like that because when you violate God's principles, you can't ask for God's blessing. You know, me and Ange, we, you know, we'll be married 14 years this year. And when we first got together, it was a struggle. Can I just keep it real? Do you mind? It's a struggle for us. And we slipped up. We did. I would love to tell you this glorious story that, oh, we kept ourselves pure the whole time until we got married. No. 
Because when we got engaged, I in my mind began to make excuses. I say I in my mind because it was mainly me. And I'll never forget the conversation that Ange had with me while we were dating. She came to me one day and said, I want God's blessing on our relationship. So let's not do this again until we say I do. It changed my life. Because I would love to stand on this stage and tell you that I did it perfectly and I did it great. Because I I believe that if I do that, you will dismiss yourself because you'll say, well, you don't understand what it's like, Pastor Tony. Oh, I understand. I'm looking at a hottie on the front and I know what it's like. I know. But the times that the time times that we slipped, we both felt that yuckiness that was really driving us apart. It wasn't bringing us together, and so we made the commitment. We waited, and it wasn't like uh, you know, okay, we get married tomorrow. Let's have the conversation. I want God's blessing. It was months. I can't tell you how many times I tried to move up the wedding day. I think we had five wedding days because I'm like, let's move it up to this day. Let's move it up to that day. Because I was, I was suffering, man. I was suffering. And it's like, woo, come on. We said we're going to get married. Let's move it up. And she was like, no, I want to wait till then. I'm like, well, what you waiting on? Let's go. <laughs> but man, she was right. We wanted God's blessing. And you know what? We repented. Got back up and walked it out the way God told us to. And our marriage has been blessed. I mean, let me read this. We have been married 4,877 days. 117,048 hours. 421,372,000 seconds. I have never slept on the couch. We have never slept apart unless I was out of town. And we never use the word divorce. Now, for me to tell you that there weren't some nights where we were mad at each other. Well, let me just say this. We have a king bed for a reason. Because when we are mad at each other, it's like east. And west, as far as the east is from the west, so I remove your sins. Well, when we're mad, as far as the east is from the west, we sleep apart. But we're in the same bed because we made that commitment when we were dating. These are things we won't do. And I'll tell you another thing on top of that. It's funny because we do get mad at each other. And we do get irritated with each other because you can't be with one another every day. And and I told her this. If you ever leave me, I'm following you. (laughs) Wherever you go. (laughs) I'm going to sleep at mama's house. I'm going to be laying on the floor right next to you. 
I'll sleep on the floor. You ain't getting anywhere without me, you know, because I'm in covenant. This ain't a game. It's not a, 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 a fun thing. This isn't wishy-washy to move around to the next person. No, we doing this thing. So it is a spiritual exchange. And every time we're together, I am ministering to her. Y'all just got uncomfortable. I, it is ministry. See, y'all just got uncomfortable. See, y'all, y'all, but when you watch that movie later on, you won't even be thinking. You just be looking. But I'm talking about this in church. No, because the Bible talks about in that first Corinthians chapter seven verse, it says in, in verse three, the husband should meet his wife's sexual needs. And the wife should do the same for her husband. So ministry is simply serving the needs of the people. That's what ministry is, not a title. It's serve. If somebody's hungry, you feed them. If somebody needs clothes, you buy clothes. So sex is ministry to one another because you are supplying a need that can only be supplied by your mates. Sex is a gift from God for your soulmate. Sex is a gift from God for your soulmate. And you know, it's interesting because what we think a soulmate, we think, uh, you're my soulmate. And we're like, just because we have chemistry with somebody, just because we kick it off and they're cute and it's like, man, when we talk, you finish my sentences. You know me like nobody else knows me. We like the same things. You are my soulmate. Can I tell you, soulmates aren't born. They are made. No one is born your soulmate. You Soulmates are made, and they're made. I love the way Jimmy Evans puts it. He says soulmates are made by two people who are committed to one another, whose souls are so entangled and intertwined because of the covenant that they have and the honor that they have for that covenant that over the course of time, they are becoming one and they are soulmates. See, while you're waiting for your soulmate, you'll be waiting forever. Your soulmate is the one that you marry and you build a life with. Because if you're not building a life with someone that is your husband or wife, then you're not getting a soulmate. You're developing a soul tie. You know, when people think about soulmates, they They think about compatibility. We're compatible for one another. We like the same things. No, no. Soulmates are really somebody that is the direct opposite of you. Because when God puts you together, he is thinking about what you're going to need to accomplish his purpose and plan on the earth. See, God, when he gives you a soulmate, he's not thinking about, or a husband or a wife, he's not thinking about just the romance side of it. No, he created you for purpose on purpose. And so when he created you, he had in mind who would fit with you to help you create or do the thing that he called you to do. So a lot of times when you're looking for a soulmate or when you're looking for a spouse, don't necessarily jump to somebody who likes the same things that you like. But what you do want to find is someone who values the same things that you value. If Ange didn't value, if we didn't both value the same thing, 
We never could have made it through those months. I valued it. I just didn't have the strength. And so it was her strength because we valued the same thing that allowed me to find the strength that the Holy Spirit had for me. See, if I was just with anybody and I had the the desire to live this way for God, but they didn't desire to live that way, do you know how many times? It wouldn't have been slips. It would have been a lifestyle. I'm helping you right now. This missionary dating thing, well, he does go to church. No, I don't want to know if he goes to church. I want to know if he loves Jesus. We, we, we sometimes get caught up in this thing of, well, let's, you know, he goes to church now. She goes to church now. They started, going, they started coming to church with me. Oh, Lord. Hey, they, they come every week with me. And they're, they're yeah, yeah. Uh, when you step away, what are they doing? Because it's not about them going to church. What I love about this woman on this front row is she loves Jesus more than she loves me. And she showed me when she said, I am not going to do this anymore. I want to please God. And if it means that I lose you, I'm going to please God. So when we think about this soulmate, it is those two souls coming together in covenant growing together and being more and more one. And the challenge for most of us is we're not thinking about soulmates in that term. We're just thinking about we just want to find somebody that would love us. And without the standard of God's word, you're going to have several people that say they love you. And you'll give yourself away over and over and over again only to be heartbroken. And what comes out of that our soul ties. But I, I could tell you this, but I want to let you look at this, uh, this clip. It's a little longer, but I want you to get what this clip is going to give us. Let's check it out. That castle. Really? Isn't that phenomenal? So they taught you how to fold the napkins? Yes. Oh, wow. I actually, believe it or not, I know how to fold the uh, Sydney Opera House. I don't believe you. No, no, I really do. I I, I can totally show you. Hang on one second. I'm very excited. Good evening. Oh, good evening. Have you um, dined with us before? Yes, actually. This is our favorite restaurant. Welcome back. No, babe, I'm pretty sure we've never been here before. No. That's weird. Really? Um, Yeah, no. No, we haven't. Hmm. Oh. Hold that thought just one second. I'm really, oh, yeah, no, really sure. sorry. Oh, no problem. Yeah. So what would you like to order this? Uh, yes, sir. So you know what? I think I would like to have that salmon. That, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Oh, great. Yeah, I like that. And for you, ma'am? Oh, um, I will have the filet mignon and the New York strip and the eight-ounce sirloin. All medium rare, please. Yes, fantastic. That is a great choice. <laughs> Thank you. I will get those right out to you. Babe, that's, that's kind of a lot of food, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not just ordering for one, you know. Wait, are you? Are you telling me that we're... Are we expecting? Yeah, he'll be here soon. It's a boy? Oh, my... Yeah, of Oh, my gosh, course. babe. Okay, this has got to be... There he is the... now. Wait, Hi. What? Oh, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> 
ordered for you. Oh, thank you. You know me so well. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry. Do you, do, do you two know each other? Do you yeah, guys... he is my boyfriend from high school. Your, your boyfriend from, from high school? Babe, can I ask you what your boyfriend's doing? <laughs> Did I come at a bad time? No! Yeah. I really don't see the problem here, Justin. Yeah, I really don't see the problem here. Okay, who are you? Honey, stop, you're embarrassing me. I just wanted us to have one nice night at our favorite restaurant. Okay, first of all, I've never been to this restaurant. And, and second, what is going on? Hey, babe, sorry I'm late. Did I miss anything? Okay, seriously? Hey, you, all right, you, you take your hand off her and you, what is going on? Just sit down. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Angela, is this, is this some kind of joke? Are you, are you actually seeing these guys? Justin, I've known these guys longer than I've known you. Wait, what? Are you seriously jealous right now? Jealous? Angela, in case you forgot, we're married. Okay, and we spend the majority of our time together. I'm, I love you more than any of my other boyfriends. That's why you'll always be my favorite. Your, your favorite? Is, is there anyone else I need to know about? Babe, is there a problem over here? Okay, really, the waiter? No, Dennis, we're All fine. right, seriously, no. Good, food will be right now. Uh, okay, uh, Angela, Angela, all right. These guys need to go, and we need to talk. We're done. I cannot believe this. You are being so selfish. Selfish? I... Why do you always have to make everything about you? You ruined our favorite restaurant. <sighs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've still never been to this restaurant. Thank you, thank you, Dennis. The salmon is delightful. So, did you propose to her here too? Okay. Solta. Every time. Every time you sleep with somebody, you're developing a solta. Every time you sleep with somebody that's not your husband or your wife, you're developing a soul tie. And it is a soul tie. It, is not, it does not leave you when the relationship's over. It stays with you. There is a residue on your soul when you give yourself away to somebody like that. And, and you could have moved on for years. But unless the Holy Spirit gets in and does some work inside of you, and you commit to moving away from that lifestyle, you will develop soul tie after soul tie after soul tie after soul tie. And here's what the soul tie looks like for men. You'll get married, and you can never be satisfied by your wife because you're not comparing your wife to one person. You're comparing your wife to several promiscuous excursions that you're trying to put the pressure on one woman to fulfill when you slept with 15 or 20 different ones. 
our women. You put the pressure on your man to be a certain way because Johnny was a certain way five years ago, two years ago. And you put the pressure on him to be something that you should have never experienced outside of marriage. And your marriage is falling apart because you are expecting him, your husband, to be like him, the one that you're no longer with. Because there was something in there that is a soul tie. And it will rob you of the beauty of your present marriage. And if you're single, it will rob you of the beauty of your future husband. I tell my daughters this and I tell my sons this too. The greatest gift that you can give to your spouse is that they are the first person you have ever experienced sex with. That they don't have to think about who did what or when or where, but they can focus on just you two and you experience it together. And you're like, well, Pastor Tony, that's impossible in the world that we live in. And you know what? It is impossible if you're trying to do it in your own strength. But the Bible says that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that empowers us to do. God would never ask you to do something that he doesn't give you the power to do. You just have to submit to that power. See, soul ties are so deep that it'll keep you in a relationship that you know you should let go of. You want to let go of it. You're tired of getting beat. You're tired of being cheated on. You're tired of being dogged out. But there's something that keeps drawing you back to that relationship, even though you know it's not good for you. That's called the soul time. And for you to be free, you got to make a choice. For you to be totally free is not the choice to say today, okay, forgive me of the soul ties in the past. Cleanse me of the soul ties from the past. But then you're still committed to living the same way in the future. Because that doesn't free you. What frees you is when you repent. When you repent, when you change the way you think change the way you see sex and you say to God, God, from this day forward, I see sex the way that you see sex and I am saving myself for my husband or my wife. If you're playing games with this thing as a husband or a wife, you realize the necessity of it in the relationship and you don't play games by manipulating each other with sex or or using it as a punishment. You know, I, I just say this. So I love about my wife and we, we established certain things before we got married because we had very real conversations. We had conversations that we knew would be very important. And it, it is the conversations that we had on the front end that has given us the beauty that we experienced almost 14 years later. And one of them was about sex. And we agreed because of my drive and her drive not being the same as mine, that we would set up a system of coming together on a regular basis because we knew life would get busy. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound romantic and that doesn't sound spontaneous. Oh, it's both. (laughs) But the power in that is the longer a husband and wife stay away from each other in the bedroom, 
they are not becoming one. And there is a distance, and the Bible even talks about that there is a wedge that the enemy can drive if you stay away from one another too long. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it will give the devil room into your marriage. And so there have been moments where we've been mad and and angry. And and what I love about my wife is this, because she tells me no. But you know what she does when she tells me no? She comes back 24 hours later. Let's go. Thank you. That's real. If she tells me no because she's tired or if she's this or that, she'll come back 24 hours later because she's ministering to me. I'm ministering to her. And, and we have developed this soul tie in such a way that, that life together is not perfect. We don't always dance in the tulips. We're not always running around f- feeling the feelings of love, but we made a commitment that we love each other. And in that is our healthy sexual relationship. But there was one thing that I had to do and we had to do one day. Because we didn't come together as, as virgins. We had to one day come before God individually and say, Lord, break those ties. Whatever ties have existed, break it so we can be right for one another. Because I'm sure a lot of people under the sound of my voice, you may not be at the place where you're a virgin and you've, you've not done anything. Can I tell you, there is a tie and those ties are memories. Those ties are, there's ties are attached to songs. Oh, y'all just felt that. <laughs> and if you want to be right for your marriage now or for your marriage to be, those ties have to be broken. And it was a day that those times were broken for me that I, I, I have what I like to consider. I wouldn't want to trade lives with anybody. I wouldn't. Because some of those ties were addictions. Some of those ties were guilt and shame from the past. Some of those ties were tied to sexual relations. And when God cleansed me, he cleansed me for real. And the same God that did it for me wants to do it for you today. Didn't you enjoy that word? If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. services. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.